All right, in the studio here with Chordmaster. How's it going, Kevin? I'm feeling great. I'm excited to be here today. Um, it's always a nice thing to be a guest on a podcast um, when you're so used to being the host all the time. And both of us are kind of hosting and guesting today, mm -hmm. uh, being guests today. So yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great time. Uh, really excited to talk about myself and to hear about, you know, your experience and everything like that. So I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a new experience for both of us to be in both the interviewer and interviewee seats. So it'll definitely. be fun. Um, so yeah, we'll start off getting to know you first and then we'll switch seats and then at the end we'll, um, we'll kind of talk about our experiences as content creators and, and our thoughts so far. Um, but yeah, getting to know Chordmaster. So I always like to start out with people's childhood and um, hearing what young Kevin was like. Uh, where did you grow up and, and what were you like as a kid? Yeah, so I was born in the Bronx. Uh, I have an older brother, younger sister, and two loving parents, and very tight-knit family growing up. A um, lot of family vacations. One of the great childhood memories uh, is every summer, for many years, we used to drive down to Orlando, Florida, and we have family down there. So maybe like, I don't know, three or four years, we've driven down there. And, you know, my parents would always... Um, make sure that their kids were were occupied and entertained, right? And so this is this is maybe like, let's see, prior to fifth grade. So maybe like second grade through fifth or first through fifth, something like that. And um, I used to be, and I still am, I didn't think I'd still be this much into video games at 34 years old, but hey, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I used to always really love like handheld games a lot back in the day. And so back then, you know, my dad would have like the, the cigarette lighter adapter in the car and he'd have all the cables and all set up so that we can, you know, just be able to be occupied and, and, and enjoy the trip down. So we had some great memories uh, with that. I was in an acapella choir hmm. in fifth grade and we had a chance to sing at Rockefeller Center, which was wow. a, a highlight and a, a great time. And um, that was yeah some really great memories, you know, with that as well. And in terms of kind of what, what I was like as a kid, so I was very um, silly and joking and I used to do all that, that type of stuff and just more of like the type of humor that is, that I guess is an acquired taste, like random humor, that type of thing is what I would Like memes and pranks? Yeah, pr yeah, pranks specifically. Hmm. Yeah, that that's something that I like doing things to get people's reaction. Mm. I just I thought was so entertaining to me as a child. And fast forward, what twenty five years, thirty years later, that is still so intrinsically um, part of me. Like literally, this morning, my wife and I are having a conversation. She comes in the room, and the conversation I can see is going to be something that might be like like fu something funny or something entertaining like because she's so funny to me and to a lot of people she's a very like dry humor kind of person and so for me like i just love capturing those moments and then maybe doing something with them um but i have to obviously respect her you know level of privacy she's not as like into being on social media and all that type of stuff so part of my like plan my master plan is to you know capture these moments whether it's record them with the video or voice record them or just take a note of like something she says or something interaction we have and then like doing something with that i believe that a lot of people who are like um you know uh, producers of cartoons or shows and or, or even writers of fiction books 
like call on past experiences. Um, and so that's something that's in my mind. Like I have like a wealth of just funny and interesting, you know, thoughts or experiences that I want to adapt somehow, you know, later on. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a, a funny person, definitely studious. I remember we moved to, to New York or uh, to New Jersey, uh, when I was, which is where we currently live when I was in, uh, to start sixth grade. And at that time, I remember being placed in like the normal math class because I think something about like my my scores or something, they didn't know exactly where to place me. So I was in a regular math class that, that year. End of that year, uh, I recall taking like the whatever that test is to see your placement test for the following year to see what level you should go to. And I must have knocked it out of the park because from that point, seventh grade onward, you know, I was in straight up honors math classes like that was nice. my thing. Um, and then I was going to talk about later on, but that's not so much childhood, like college, I ended up doing engineering and stuff as, as a result of being really into math and into sciences and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about my childhood. Fun. Yeah. It sounds, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining young Kevin pulling, pulling pranks on his brother and sister and <laughs> all kinds of fun and games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then switching into your adult life, you spend a bit, you spent a big chunk of your uh, working life working in corporate at Verizon, right? Which like mm-hmm. on the surface sounds like very serious and buttoned up. And I'm curious if that was your experience where you had like a work self and a life self, or did you feel like you could really be yourself and at work and grow into who you are today. Yeah, fantastic question. So, so I, I spent about twelve years at Verizon, and I remember that's a really good question. It's a really important thought. Something that I've realized um, is very important in, like you just said, balancing your personal life and your work life, as well as, and we'll talk about this this in a moment, perhaps during the the latter part of the show. Um, but like your professional or your, yeah, your professional sort of um, personality, professional personality, I don't know if that's the right way I want to say it, but like who you are as like your brand versus who you are as a person. If these two, if these two, you know, things are vastly different, then, then we're talking about sort of, you know, Jane Z as the host of this show versus Jane Z as just, you know, your regular, regular self, if they're vastly different, then it's kind of like, you know, it's a lot of work to have to be two different people kind of thing. Yeah. And so I remember being told that or learning that or something when I was at Verizon and kind of realizing that um, that I was uh, I was able to be myself at work and essentially be the same person that I am at home. Um, and that this even goes into my teaching career, like very much just this is Kevin. This is Mr. Allen. This is, you know, as a teacher, this is Kevin. And just just being one, pretty much 100%, you know, organic and, and natural. Um, and that really, really, really worked for me because it made things just flow. It made things flow from the from the Verizon perspective, I think. And just in general, I think a lot of people really uh, appreciate and value uh, genuine. I was about to say genuinity. That's not a word. <laughs> genuine. You've coined <laughs> a new word. Genu- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Genuinity. Okay. You guys spell that out for me. Genuinity. <laughs> Um, but they really value that, I think. And so, yeah, being able to to be that person um, was just fantastic uh, for me. And and my time at Verizon, you know, I, I held about uh, five or six different roles there in my 12 years. And as I have a chance to reflect on that and think about what that time has meant in terms of some connections that I've had, and certainly in terms of 
um, just how to interact with people, the importance of networking. There's so much stuff that I learned while I was there that I am very much able to just apply to pretty much everything I'm doing right now. And it's really just a great story. And it's a great thing because some people can say, oh, man, like I've had these thoughts before. I was like, man, if I didn't go to school for engineering, like imagine if I went for a music degree and just stuck like fully to something musical, which is definitely my passion, mm. hence the name Chordmaster. Yeah. Um, things would have been different, though, right? There's like there's things that I rely on from an engineering perspective, things I rely on from my I don't think it's in the frame. I don't know if it is, but like from my, my master's degrees and MBA that I'm able to like apply explicitly to what I'm doing. And it's making things just more fun. And it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, wow, that stuff is coming into, into, you know, use right now. Yeah. I, I think of it as different lenses, right? Like your mm -hmm. degrees and your different work experiences, those give you different tools and ways to look at the world. Um, but they don't have to define you who you are. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and ask you about the music point. Cause you brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So like, let's talk music. It's, it seems to be, you know, your, your big passion in life. Um, how, how did that enter your life, you know, early on and, and who are some of the artists that inspire you? So, yeah, when I was really young, I recall being able to play the keys by air which you know i hear a simple melody and i can kind of figure out how to how to replicate it and that was something that i kind of dabbled with a little bit one of my most memorable um uh, christmas gifts was a yamaha 61 key uh keyboard which i believe my parents still have in the shed i probably should go over there and like try to uncover that and like connect it and i might want to do that one day actually that would be <laughs> like a fun unboxing sort of video for my channel um but i i remember just really loving just loving being able to create music as simple as that may sound. Uh, but it was just a really fun thing for me. So in sixth grade, my, my parents signed me up for piano lessons. And so I can learn how to read music and kind of do some proper training and stuff. And that was a great experience. And I did uh, one, I had one recital. And uh, I remember the song, I remember, I remember exactly how the song goes. I mean, this is sixth grade, which I think is kind of cool, because I don't, I don't know if that's normal or not, I, I guess, in the sense of being able to literally sit on the piano right now and I haven't tried to play this song in 30, 20 years or however many years um but I remember how it goes it was a Russian etude and maybe I will try to replicate it as best of my memory like to try that might be a, a fun exercise um but after that ended in sixth grade I asked my parents if I can take the summer off and sign back up in the fall story goes I never did I mean I did take the summer off but I never signed back up and then, you know, life happens and just kind of did other things like play pranks with my brothers and sisters and did great in math and did engineering and did all this stuff. And then um, sort of got back into it a little bit sort of in my late teens, right? My, you know, I got a, a better keyboard and I did some more music producing type things at that point and then stopped for a long while. And then as I approached my 30th birthday is when I really was like, you know, man, I want to get back into this, but I want to get back into playing the piano and learning it the proper way. So I literally found the same exact piano book that I used when I was in sixth grade, which like the physical actual one I still have in my closet there. I went through that entire book, did some YouTube lessons, did a lot of reading, signed up for piano lessons actually with a person and did a couple of years of that. And now it comes to the point where, where it's just so, it's just so much fun 
And now, specifically right now, like I, I feel like I have a really great grasp on a lot of different things, musical things that are like core concepts, as well as things that are a little bit further out there or things that are a little bit more like something that I, I don't think there's information about or or just any material about. Like, I'll give you an example. Like when I was um, learning a classical song by Bach on the piano, I uh, decided to try to play it with my eyes closed, right? Because instead of looking down at the keys, I want to see how well I know this song. So I close my eyes. I start playing. I'm like, wow, I can actually play this quite well. Like I pretty much know it from muscle memory. So I'm playing it. And I had no idea what that experience was going to uh, do for me. Um, but specifically, and I did research on this afterwards to understand why this was happening. As I'm playing this song, it was like probably 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. My eyes are closed and I'm playing this Bach song, the, the prelude. The dun, I'm not going to do it, but it's dun, 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 dun. So I'm playing mm, that song. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know, as I'm playing it, I had an experience unlike anything that I've ever experienced before. I felt, Jane, like I was floating off of the stool that I was sitting on. I felt like I was not sitting there. I felt like, mm, like I was playing it and I was just like hovering above the piano. And the best way I can describe it is like I felt like I was literally being lifted up and like I'm like reaching down to play it or something. I feel like I'm hovering above the piano. It was crazy. Whoa. Wasn't taking any drugs, nothing crazy <laughs> like that. No drinking, no nothing. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is this is incredible. I, like, what is what's happening here? So I do a little bit of research and I find out that that a, a pretty significant part of your brain is being used to process everything you see. And so when you're playing and your eyes are open, a big part of that, a, a big part of your brain is like processing what you're seeing as you're playing. When your eyes are closed, there's nothing that you can see. It's all black. So like that part of your brain is opened up to do these crazy other things musically when you're into it like that. And it was just profound. It was a profound moment for me where, you know, circling back to, to sort of my thought. And, you know, when, when you asked uh, earlier in our, um, you know, before recording part of the conversation, we were just chatting. Um, I, I had some really um, some great clarity on what what to do with information like that based on the fact that I have a YouTube channel, I have a presence, I have an audience um, and how to how to share that type of information in a way that is very periodic, like weekly, this day, this time, you're going to get a, maybe I'll unveil it now. I'm going to have a new series called Chordmaster Keys, which Ooh. is going to be very much for music producers slash pianists or keyboardists. And it's going to have little segments, kind of like what I just shared with you just now. And um, I'm really excited about about being able to share these types of, you know, these types of findings with people. Wow. Amazing. When you were mm -hmm. talking about um, the playing by ear as a kid, I immediately thought of Corey Henry. I don't know if you listen to his stuff, but I don't know. Oh, my God. He's amazing. He's amazing. Keyboardist. Um, I guess gospel funk would be the genre. But wow, there's a okay. video of him at like five years old where he just improvs, like plays this whole thing. And it's it's Whoa. wild, like how naturally it can come to you. And then yeah. the 180 of that is like my own experience with learning piano was like very much the opposite, where it was like super regimented. So maybe I should try playing with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It's worth it's worth a shot. And literally, yeah, literally doing that, even if you're not playing something specific, even if you're just 
you know, because you're a musical person as well. I mean, look, I listened to your amazing harmonizing video again the other day. And when I say like, that's amazing, like that is exactly that. It's amazing. Listening to every single every single one of one of you, I think there was five of them, right? But yeah. like listening and like being able to like separate, like that's clearly takes skill and it, it just sounded really great. Um, so you have some amazing skills yourself, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. No um, problem. Yeah, I, I love that you're also a teacher because, you know, your your passion for music and the way you think about it is infectious. And, and I wonder um, if you could talk about your approach to teaching uh, in music, but also with math, you know, do you start out by, um, you know, hooking your students in with, you know, some some sort of like personal way to understand the subject or or the music before kind of breaking down the technical or or how do you how do you think about these things as a teacher? Yeah. So before I answer that, I'm gonna just throw out there. I just remember I, I didn't say one thing about the previous question, which was musical influences. So mm -hmm. Tyler the Creator is one of my huge musical influences. Kanye West is. Yes. Um, those probably are my top two in terms of like stuff that I feel like my music sounds like and it's, it's very much inspired by um but in terms of the stuff that i listen to it's just so vast um there's so much it's like anything that sounds good to me like i'll listen to no matter the genre um so that there's too many artists to name but those two i'll just specifically point out as like current ones that i'm like very much excited about um and then back to teaching man what what an experience teaching was jane what an experience two short years um, I didn't know that it was going to be only two years. I knew it wasn't going to be retiring as a teacher. I knew that, but I didn't know it was just going to be two years. Uh, I thought maybe five or three or four, uh, but COVID happened and that very much accelerated things for me in two ways. One, it made what was the best year working professionally, the pre-COVID, the year before, first year of teaching best year out of anything like it was that good of a year from the eighth grade faculty basketball game to the ugly sweater contest before you know Christmas break when everyone students and teachers are all just so excited about you know that time right before Christmas break we have two weeks off and everyone's just having a blast and we had a big assembly to the fact that I had a chance to play the piano in front of the whole school during the Martin Luther King assembly where they asked me to do it. And I was so nervous at the time. I was like, I don't play in front of people like that, you know, <laughs> but I did. And it was incredible experience. And I got even a little bit emotional because during that same assembly, we had some kids in the school that, that um, gave speeches and spoke about MLK and spoke about racial injustice and that type of thing. Mm. And it was just incredible. We're talking, you know, my school goes from what K to eighth grade. So we had, we had some of like the middle schoolers uh, give just really profound things that they said. Uh, and there, there's there's a, a, a not endless, literally endless, but there's a whole lot of different things in terms of you know, the experiences that I had at the school. Um, you know, certain kids that you want to watch out for. OK, make, oh, you have him in your class or her in your class. Make sure you don't sit these two next to each other because they're just going to derail the class and this and that. So I'm like, OK, you know, I'm, I'm mindful of that. But then fast forward as the year goes on, you know, I start at start getting to know the kid and understand a little bit about why he or she is is acting this way. And then by the end of the year, like, you know, we're tight, we're tight, you know, he understands that I that I respect him and that I'm, you know, I keep saying him or her, but specifically, this one I'm talking about is, is a him. Um, 
but uh yeah it was just it was just an incredible experience and in terms of i guess the 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 way you know that i that i my teaching style you know delivery whether it's in person uh teaching as a teacher or my tutoring business now um or even with piano lessons is very much in a way that i try to balance two things i try to balance doing what i can to to make sure that the students are enjoying themselves coupled with doing what I can to make sure that the students are learning. I believe that those those are just the two most important things and making sure that the students understand that you, especially in the classroom setting, like like you respect them. Like, you know, the, the respect is like, it's a mutual. It's not like I'm the teacher, you're gonna respect me and I, and, and, and I don't have to, you know, respect you guys because I'm the teacher. It's just very much just like we're on the, I am the teacher, but like you're gonna get, you're gonna get what I'm expecting to get from you, right? Back, back and forth. And yeah, it was just, it was just um, really those two things, just making sure that that students felt comfortable asking questions. Like one of the things in my tutoring business now that that I love is the fact that when we when we're first, when I'm first getting to know the the student, um, you know, naturally they're especially with with things being remote, naturally they're a little bit sometimes a little bit hesitant to maybe ask questions or they're maybe not as comfortable as they feel like they want to be and things like that. But as things go as time goes on, you know, weeks go on and we have more and more sessions and we get to know each other, then it turns into just very much something that I believe and it is true because you know, getting feedback from parents, but the kids are really looking forward to the sessions and that is that is it right there for me, right? It's like, I know that they're learning because I know exactly the curriculum that we're going over. Um, and it's very, very precise and specific. But I also know that it would be a hard sell for parents to have to, and parents will do it anyway, of course, ones that really care about their kids and stuff. But um, it would be a hard sell for, for them to like have to weekly get their student on board with coming to the session if they if the kids are just like no i don't want to go it's like a, you don't want to have that 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 sort of battle um so i know that it's important to for it to be somewhat fun and just relax but also that they're getting the knowledge and that's exactly how i sort of you know conduct every single one of my sessions whether that's math or with piano that's awesome you're mm -hmm. so you're a busy guy, chord master. You've right. got your music stuff, you've got your tutoring business, and you also create content and host a podcast. Um, as a podcaster, I'm very curious who have been your favorite interviews so far, besides me, of course. Besides you, yeah, man. So there's been a lot of great ones. So I'll just name name a few. So. I had some episodes that were in person and some of them that most of them that were virtual. Um, so one that a few that stick out to me would be, you know, having my best friend on as an in-person um, interview or conversation, literally sitting on the couch and picking topics out of a hat and just having that conversation. It was a two part. It was like probably a three hour chat that we had, but I, so I ended up doing two, two different parts to that. And what's, what's nice about that episode is just the fact that, at the time, I knew that this is going to be special because we are later going to be able to look back at this, you know, years later, months later, and have like a sense of nostalgia and like enjoy rewatching us talk to each other. And I'm sure our friends and stuff could, you know, find value and enjoy it as well. And as I was kind of doing some housekeeping um, with my content on my website and stuff, and I'm, I'm looking through every single episode and uh, that one, you know, came up and I'm like, I felt that sense of nostalgia. That was probably like, I don't know, six months ago or something like that. And I was like, man, this was, you know, this was so fun. 
uh, so fun to have that that talk. So that would definitely be one. Um, another really nice one was I had a chance to interview the uh, a celebrity chef. I, I think she said she doesn't like being referred to as that, but that's okay. Uh, but she's she cooks for um, Carmelo Anthony basketball player mm-hmm. and you know just talking to her about her experience what got her there she actually went to high school with me and um you know what got her to that level was super interesting and expi- and inspiring and then several people in the in the music space so you know with me and a lot of things that I do musically I had a chance to talk to um two people well, several people but two in particular I'll mention that um are prominent one of them is the is the sole developer of one of my most used music app called koala sampler on the ipad and so the the creator of that app i was able to have on and just a great guy and uh we did a live premiere on that one so naturally a lot of people who use this app as well all joined and we were all chatting in the in the youtube uh, chat box there which was like a i think that was the first time that i did that type of live premiere option for that so it was just really really fun there um, my video editing uh, creator um, for Luma Fusion on my iPad, I had a chance to talk to the, the co-founder of that company, which was, again, all these people that I don't know much about, but I use their app, getting a chance to talk to them and see what they're like and understand like what that process was like. Like this app just wasn't, you know, created in, a, in the blink of an eye. There was like a whole process that, it, you know, had, had to happen in order for it to get to that point which was just incredible to kind of hear from her. Just a very, very sweet lady. Um, teenage Engineering, OPZ, I had had the one of the key people from that team on as well, uh, which is my another device. I, I'm saying it like you know what it is exactly. I don't know if you do or not, but it's a device that I use to make music. Uh, portable device, very small, extremely powerful, battery operated, and you can make like CD quality, high quality stuff on there, which is really great. Um, I'm probably missing a lot of people. My wife, of course. Uh, had her on for we did a green smoothie challenge mm. and um we had a, a, a episode that we recorded like the i think it was the last day of the 10-day challenge where we had smoothies for breakfast lunch and dinner and just talking about what that experience was like was was really really interesting and, and fun um and pretty much everyone else as well was also a great episode so those are just <laughs> a few that i'll mention the list does go on but yeah check out kalexperience.com check me out on court master for the entire catalog awesome not to be confused with kale which you would put in a green smoothie that's a fact that is a fact (laughs) excellent love it that's that's our little inside joke there that we chatted about right when we first met each other on instagram exactly when i thought cal experience was actually (laughs) kale experience experience yep i'm gonna do something with that eventually yep totally love it well thank you for taking us down memory lane it's great to get to know you a little bit and all the different kind of uh universes that that you move in awesome well thank you for the questions and that was now i see why they say that you're you're the best up and comer up and coming (laughs) podcast host because that was so eloquent because the questions were great the i see you you know you you maybe have done your homework in terms of how to be a great host, or maybe it comes naturally. But either way, the fact that there's like a, you know, sort of follow up response from you, that's like, you know, great. And, and, and like, for me, like, I sometimes my, my follow up responses, I mean, not sometimes, all the time, my follow up responses, what I'm hosting, they're usually long. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just because they are just because that's the, but I, I have to kind of like when I rebrand the show, I have to kind of think about the fact that, and I'm sure you could probably let me know if this is true or not. 
like the fact that you're going to over time have a regular sort of amount of listeners. So they will know you very well because they hear, they know about you because they're hearing from you on every single episode. So like the moment that you are repeating stories that may be applicable because the person that you're interviewing doesn't know this about you because they haven't listened to everything. But if you're repeating a story that might be fine in the conversation context, but perhaps there's going to be a way and an, and a criticality to not have those in the final episode kind mm. of thing. And that obviously takes time to edit and stuff. So that's just a little tidbit. Like I love the way that you um, ask questions. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. So boys and girls, now we're going to turn the tables and I'm going to wear the interview question or questioner interview or hat right now. But before we do that, I just have to let you know, Jane, that when I was telling my wife, this happened twice. I said, yeah, I'm having a, you know, a conversation um, with Jane Z. And the first time I said it, she was like, Jay Z. She thought I said Jay Z. And then, and it was just so funny. We had a little dialogue about it. And then it, ha- and then like two days later, like I think earlier today, you know, I, I said, um, I said, oh yeah, twelve o'clock today. I have the you know conversation with Jane Z today. And then she she immediately like thought it again, like Jay Z, like because it sounds it sounds like it. I'm like, no, it's not Jay Z. It's Jane Z. But, but close. Pretty much. Yeah. They used to call me Jay Z in high school. Exactly. Is that right or no? Yeah. They did. Yeah. They yeah. Did. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's good. That's good. All right. So I got some questions for you here and they're going to be just fun, casual questions. You know, we're going to get a chance to know Jane Z out here. All right. That's what's about to happen. So first question for you, my friend, tell me about your favorite or your most memorable Christmas growing up. I love this question. Um, So the the first thing I thought of actually was (laughs) this tree well it wasn't like a full tree this like paper tree that I mom that my mom made so my parents and I moved to Canada when I was four uh we moved from China and so Mm -hmm. it took us a while to figure out what Christmas was and what it was all about but I think by the time the second year rolled around we got that you know it was a time when you gather together and you give each other presents and things um we were you know, pretty low income immigrant family. So we didn't, you know, we didn't go out and buy a tree, but excuse me, but my mom and I, we would love doing crafts together. And so she bought a bunch of construction paper and we spent an afternoon just like cutting out a giant tree and pasting that on our wall. So that was like our kind of like faux Christmas thing. Um, Over the years, we slowly upgraded but when I became an older sister to my to my sister and brother, um, it became very fun to play the Santa Claus role. And um, I will say, and this is a fun fact for anyone that knows my sister, who's like a, a little celebrity on YouTube, Generation DIY. Little? <laughs> but she <laughs> believed in Santa Claus until she was 13 years old because my mom mm. and I did such a good job at putting out Whoa. the milk and cookies and, yeah. you know, and using different enough wrapping paper that she wouldn't get suspicious. So that was a really fun part of Christmases growing up. I love that. That's so cool. That's that, that does sound amazing because like something like that, while it's happening, there's a chance, maybe even a good chance that your mom um, doesn't realize how impactful that, that experience is going to be for you. Like that's something that naturally and clearly 
was so memorable and something that you'll probably never forget. So I think that's that's really that's really special. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. All right. So next question is uh, inspired by a question that uh, a conversation that I had with someone, and it's about who would you go to brunch with if you can go to brunch with anyone? And specifically, there's a follow up question with which says, who would you go to dinner with? And the reason I had to put the follow-up question is because the person that I was having this conversation with before was like, brunch and dinner are going to be different people because they're, they're a different setting, right? They're, they're, one's a little more turn up, one's a little more introspective. So mm. if they're different people in your case, who, who would you uh, be seeing or who would you be hanging with? Oh my gosh, so many people. I know. Uh, the first person that popped into my head is not even a real person, but Mary Poppins. <laughs> okay, nice. Right. Um, that was my my favorite movie growing up, maybe still one of my all-time faves. Um, mm. But I think she is just such a character. And she's she's mysterious too. You know, it's like, who who's the real person behind all the uh, spit spot? You know, everything's neat. And uh-huh. how does she keep her composure and, you know, and be a lady, but also that like strict parental role? I don't know. I, I just love her as a figure. I don't. Yeah. Mm, she'd maybe be more like an afternoon tea kind of person. Okay. And then. <laughs> afternoon tea. Literally yeah. what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Afternoon tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, other names that come to mind, Sophia Amoruso. She's one of the entrepreneurs that I look up to. She was the founder of oh. Nasty Gal and then Girl Boss. Oh. And now she runs um, this business class for founders. But mm. there's so much that I would want to pick her brain on. And she is one of my dream guests for the podcast. So hopefully not dinner, right. but one day maybe an actual conversation. Yeah. Um trying to think who else a lot of authors a lot of the people behind me sitting here on this shelf would be Uh really fascinating to interview um someone who's not with us anymore but anthony bourdain would have been Mm. amazing to go out for a meal with Um, yeah yeah he's got some incredible stories um and a, a really opinionated, opinionated way of seeing the world. Um, and also just like being able to hear his thoughts on the food itself and, mm-hmm. and hear him describe that experience would be really cool. That's really, yeah, that, that, uh, his story is just so interesting because and my wife says it all the time. Like when you look at not to get somber, but when you look at like his role, his, his job, what he was doing, traveling and eating and you you realize that there was other things not not naturally but other things apparently right going on in his life um that it's like no matter what is going on in our lives like it's always first of all important to check in on people to not assume that everything is is all right just because it appears all right mm-hmm. wow you're getting to travel you're getting to eat yeah. anything you want you can have a show like that's like you're good like you know mm-hmm. like there's this other factors and stuff that i think are just so important that i'm i'm learning you know just the importance like it, like we were talking earlier that voice to text thing like it really it's really um not to send anyone on a guilt trip but it's not a high level of effort to like to take 10 seconds out and just send that voice text assuming they have an iphone if they don't have an iphone then then i don't know, I don't know how likely it is <laughs> things to gotta change <laughs> things might exactly things might have to change because t- sending an actual text like that that does take a little little bit of effort but um 
I, 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 I love your, your response too. So I don't, I don't, I've never seen Mary Poppins. Um, sorry. You gotta I'm watch sorry. it. Oh, we'll have to debrief like, next time. That's your homework. Sure. Watch Mary Poppins. For sure. Once I do watch it and we, yeah, cause I'm, I'm curious about, I love the fact that you just went, uh, you went left, left field in a good way. Like you said, I want to talk to this fictional character just so I can, like you would find that interesting. I, I, I love that. I didn't expect to hear that. That's, that's definitely dope. And I also have to make a comment about when you pointed out your books behind you. I'm looking at I'm looking at that color that color array <laughs> the there like that is really nice I love it Thank you Yeah it took a few times of shuffling around to get the right and it yeah. still might evolve Yeah 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 because on the bottom row it looks like you have like the all the whitish mm -hmm. and all like the darkish yeah, the on the bottom mm -hmm. That is some good stuff That's very <laughs> what inspired you to to do that um, actually my thesis advisor from grad school, he organized all his books by color and actually mm -hmm. one of the books I think I have here, or maybe it's not on the shelf, but is called the secret lives of color. And every page is a different, like very specific Pantone color. And it talks wow. about some historical story about that color. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, next question is a little bit about you pursuing your passion. So you are someone who, as we talked about earlier, I think we we have a lot in common. We have at least at least two things in common. One thing we don't have in common is that we don't both love Mary Poppins, but that's okay. Not I haven't yet. seen it yet. So <laughs> exactly. I have to see it first and then we're going to see. But the fact that you are, you know, musically gifted and the fact that you have a show that that was really um attention grabbing for me and um in terms of the thoughtfulness of your guests the the way that you conduct yourself um as well as and this is a little bit off the cuff it's still related to the question but you clearly put a lot of um you put a lot into your into your your offering into your podcast so what I mean specifically by that is take a look at your, like, for example, something as simple as your, uh, like on your website, you know, you have like, uh, I guess the, the episode, each individual episode, like graphic of like the person and then like the outline of the person and like the color scheme and all that stuff. Like it really uh, jumps out at me, even just the whole flow of the website where you can go there and for someone who is first hearing about you and they're like, okay. She's on, I think, how many how many episodes? Like 50 or 60? 37 30, so far. 37? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was way out. So I don't know where I came from. <laughs> but 37. So like you go there and you're like, oh, man. Like any, any new person, right? When there's a whole lot of episodes, like where do we start? Do I start from the beginning? Is the beginning going to be um, a, a stellar episode? Or is he or she just kind of getting into the flow? Maybe I'll jump in the middle. Do I jump to the latest? But you have what? Fan favorites. Boom. One, two, three. These are three popular episodes. They're not the best episodes. They might be the best episodes, but these are three ones that I think that you think someone can start with and really find enjoyment and get a feel for the for the the show with. Um, that is fantastic, and the way it's all laid out is just really great. So coming from someone who, um, you know, was doing something different than this, and now you kind of pivoted, and now you're doing something that's directly that's like you pursuing your passion. Um, I just want to kind of hear a little bit about what that experience has been like for you. Has it been all good since you left? Has there been times where you 
thought to yourself, like, you know, the, the amount of challenge that, that it, uh, and work that it's actually presenting might be a little bit overwhelming. Like kind of talk to me a little bit about sort of what that process is like. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for, for noticing and, and appreciating, um, my work. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it helps that I have a design and marketing background. So those are things I notice a lot is, is, you know, how you present your work and for a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I still think of it as a visual medium because as you're listening, I think I read this in an Ira Glass comic book once that radio is a, is a visual medium because as you're listening, you still conjure images in your mind. And so for me, that's why Instagram is such an important channel because um, it allows me to create visuals to complement the stories that you're listening to. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of actually doing this work, I'm just so, so grateful um, that's the first thing that comes to mind because, you know, I have, to, I get to have conversations like this every day, every week with really interesting mm-hmm. people. And then on the back end of the, uh, of that, I get to make connections, real relationships with people who are similarly going through this journey, like me of figuring out, you know, how to balance career and life. How do you define work and passion? And, you know, how do you, um, how do you build a more meaningful life? And I use the word build in a conscious way because I do think it is an active choice, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that it takes work um, to, to find uh, a life that is meaningful. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's, a little bit wishy-washy and cliche, but um, I think that's what we all want, right, is to find more purpose and meaning out of our lives. Um, So that's kind of the why behind Inside Out. And also what you mentioned a couple minutes ago around the uh, just because things look okay on the outside doesn't mean they are on the inside. And that's a lesson I learned when I was shutting down my last venture is, um, you know, it's very easy to appear successful or okay um, through social media and, you know, through these outer means. Um, But mental health is so, so important, whether you communicate about that or not. Um, But for me, Mm -hmm. I've learned that, uh, you know, to go far in life, you really do have to take care of what's inside first. Um, you yourself mm-hmm. have to be okay in order to give to others and to give your best self and perform well. So that's another key message in the podcast. So the fact that I get to talk to people about that is really, really rewarding. Um, the, I mean, obviously it comes with challenges too of working with your, working for yourself um, is you mm-hmm. have to keep yourself accountable um, with content too. You have to consistently show up and I don't always want to do that. <laughs> you know, when you're frontward yeah. facing, you don't always want to yeah. get in front of a camera, you know, you don't always feel ready for that. Um, so that is a part of the job too. And I'm learning that, um, you know, maybe I need to manage my time better and, and block out, you know, this is my content creation time versus engagement time and things like that. Mm. So, I mean, I think with anyone creating content on the internet, it's, it's like a constant learning and keeping up with trends and just staying on top of it. Um, it is a certain type of work that I think not everyone is into, especially if you're um, like your wife, a little bit more private or, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're not as social. I happen to be a very extroverted person. And so it suits my personality really well. Um, sure. 
and yeah, I know that it's the long game as well. So I'm not, um, I'm not banking on this being my, my income source at the moment. Um, that's another thing, you know, that's, um, not necessarily a struggle, but just a reality of being in the game is that, Mm -hmm. um, you got to make it work in, in other ways. So I've picked up some part-time work on the side just to keep Mm -hmm. myself going while I build up equity within my own brand. Um, so that's how I think about it on a business level, but overall I'm having a really good time learning a lot, meeting really awesome people. That's probably the biggest perk is like meeting really cool people like you every week. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for that compliment at the end. And also that that's such a, yeah, a great and, and introspective way of looking at this whole thing. Um, especially when you mentioned about it being sort of a long game, which is, it's uh that's so that's so true and so critical um you know i was looking at my youtube channel the other day i was looking at the analytics a little bit there and just knowing and i think it's very very similar with the podcast game especially especially with the fact that you have such a a a presence on like you said on instagram as well like your instagram account and your podcasts are they're like they're they're kind of i would say like essential well, I don't know if that's the right word, but they complement each other so well. Let's put it that way, right? Because you have the questions and you have the stories and you have interactions. You have all these things that are keeping people uh, engaged in what's going on. And then, you know, you listen to an episode after and then maybe there's some some conversation about about that particular topic because they're all kind of related from what I can see to the the guest uh, that you're currently um, that you currently release an episode with. So I think that's a brilliant uh, strategy. And yeah, the, the, the account accountability part is so true as well, right? The accountability of, you know, we are answering to ourselves. And, and so to me, and we'll, I, I think we'll go on this a little bit more later when we start talking about more stuff uh, in depth with the content creation stuff. But I just think that, I think that it, it is so important for us to sometimes feel okay knowing that yes at times we do need to take a break we do need to take a step back and we can't and really shouldn't feel uh guilty or bad about that right it's like it's so like that's kind of what i'm doing after these first these next four episodes that i release i am taking a break interviewing people as i strategize and kind of come back with like i may have mentioned like rebranding and kind of making some tweaks and that, that's exciting to me, right? It's exciting for me to take a, a step back and kind of just reassess everything. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, yeah, that you have that perspective. And yeah, the fact that, like you said, being able to talk to people, you said you're into doing that as am I. Like, I'm sure you've had conversations with people prior to starting a podcast where you were probably like, man, this is such a great talk. I wish pe- more people can share this experience and uh, and here we are, you know, fast forward, however many months or years later it was when you had that thought. So keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We got married in Mexico. We had a destination wedding. And one of the things that we did was early on when we were planning, we were realizing that we didn't have any like structure mm-hmm. to how and when we were planning. So we, we identified, uh, I believe it was Tuesdays was our, you know, wedding day. So Mm. we, that was like the day where after work, we knew no, not to make any other plans and stuff like Mm. that. And, um, you know, that definitely worked for us. I'm excited for you guys and I'm excited to, I don't want to rush it, but once the wedding does happen, like that's going to be 
dope and you guys are gonna have a blast and it's a beautiful thing friends family you know all that stuff that any of your married friends would have shared with you it's all true yeah. it's all good stuff <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. excited very cool all right one more question so this question is one that's very thought very thought out well well thought out because it's not what is your favorite movie and what is your favorite show of all time? Because what if you don't have mm. one? Then it's like an awkward silence. Like, uh, I don't know. And <laughs> no, no. Name a movie that you love and name a show that you love. Mm. Mm. Well, movie I gave away earlier. Mary Poppins is definitely up there. Um, mm -hmm. I saw Shang-Chi recently, which was really uh, cool. Um, okay. I was a little nervous going into it because my one friend had really hyped it up she's seen it three times she brought oh. us to go see it um yeah. and yeah i was like you know marvel all asian cast i'm not sure how this is gonna go but i think they yeah. did a really good job of it it's like essentially a modern kung fu movie they actually wow. had some scenes in chinese which was like i've never seen in a american movie theater so that was like whoa like big moment and like mm -hmm. the storyline was great. The choreo was great. The music was great. So um, I don't know yet if it's like an all time favorite movie, but I definitely had a great time. So that was like mm -hmm. a recent movie I loved. And then mm -hmm. a show I love, um, we watched Ozark this year and oh, okay. the fourth season is coming out this fall and I'm really stoked for it. Um, it's like, so my fiance and I have like, we alternate between like really wholesome shows like Great British Baking, uh, Great British Bake Off and Happy Place and things like that to like really dark shows like Ozark and Mr. Robot. So Ozark was a recent one that we really enjoyed. Um, it's kind of like Breaking Bad if you've seen that, but I think it's mm -hmm. funnier in a dark way and you get to really know the family and the characters over time. Um, mm -hmm. the, the premise is like it's about money laundering <laughs> and mm -hmm. this guy and his family sort of like end up working with a Mexican drug cartel and you just see how like a, a normal, I guess, middle class family has to deal with, you know, uh, crime and like has to deal mm -hmm. with their criminal activities and how they cover it up and try to act normal. Um, but yeah, a lot of drama, a lot of darkness, lots of mm. murder, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really love it. It's really well done. That's awesome. My wife has watched that show and she's spoken very highly of it as, as have many other people I've spoken to. I don't know. I felt like I haven't watched it yet. I think we watched the first episode. If I'm not mistaken, is the first episode something that happens with his wife? Yes. Not to spoil something yeah. significant, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we did watch the first and I have a, just a terrible habit of, well, maybe it's not terrible. I don't know if it's terrible or not, but I have a habit of just really not watching, not giving shows enough of a chance um, just because like, I have like my certain things that I love, like Fargo. Have you seen Fargo season one? Have you seen, have you heard of that? I've okay. heard of so, it. I haven't seen it. Heard of it. Okay. It, it's a show that I don't hear anyone really talk about that much. Um, but when I say like, you, you talk about dark and, and things very similar to kind of the Ozark kind of feel that's like, to me, one of the best season, single seasons of, of any show that I've ever seen, like point blank. It's, it's like spectacular in my opinion um so like i have like something where if a show is not like close to that level of of high acclaim then i just feel like i wasted so much time but how are you going to know if it's there 
unless if you actually watch it and give it a chance. So I usually just don't, I don't know. I just have a hard time watching shows nowadays, mm. especially with all the stuff that I'm doing, I guess. But yeah. Ozark is definitely one that I would, I mean, I'm not that far behind. It's only f- three seasons now, right? Mm-hmm. So that might be one that I might have to kind of dabble in a yeah. little bit. Maybe when I'm taking a break from doing the interviews and kind of sitting back and, you know, t- you taking some content in for a change. Exactly. It's research. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Love it. But I definitely appreciate the info. This is, I feel like I have a, yeah, uh, this is, this is great. Both of our questions, our sets of questions were very on point. And I think we both learned a lot about each other. And I think our viewers have a great sort of grasp on who we are as people now. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So we wanted to talk a little bit about content creation, burnout, um, the exciting things about having a passion that we're pursuing that we touched on a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to start just by talking about like some like social media. So I recently deleted all social media from my phone. Oh, wow. Because but kept it on my iPad mm. because I was very much using it too much throughout the day. Checking Instagram too much to see if I have any inboxes. Checking YouTube Studio way too much mm. to see how many new subscribers I have. And it's all like I, I realized this. I think it was last year. I was going for a walk when I kind of first started my YouTube channel. I, was, I had it for about six months. And I'm like going for a walk and like, you know, the swipe down thing to see any new subscribers. And like the react, the reaction, the dopamine thing. You may have heard about this as like a, a concept, right, that these app developers put in to their phones to get that little reward, like one more person or one more thing. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, watched the social network and I kind of realized that I was conflicted um, knowing that it's not healthy, but also knowing that, hey, social media can't just get rid of it. We're content creators. We have to have a presence there. Um, So I'm kind of like figuring out, right, what that balance looks like. Um, There's been times where I've had the apps all deleted from my phone and only use it on my iPad, which is not always on me. Mm. And that's been great. Very. Yeah, it's been great. Not not having access to it, say, laying down in the bed, for example, like if I really feel the need to check it, I got to go downstairs. I have to go somewhere else to kind of use it. But then so right now, currently, the state is like I have you know youtube studio and instagram now reinstall back on my phone as of maybe like a week ago because maybe when i'm posting something it's just so much easier to do it rather than having to send files to you know my ipad and doing it that way Mm -hmm. so i still need to kind of figure out you know what that looks like not to mention the 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 challenge of like comparing yourself to others on social media and all that type of stuff so like how has i guess you know in your experience like can you relate to that type of stuff a little bit with social media? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. I yeah. think no matter how big quote unquote you are on social, it's, it's going to be an issue. Um, yeah. The numbers can be very anxiety inducing, like whether they're going up or down and looking at other people. Um, so I'm in a podcast accelerator program right now and our coach has one of his rules for us is um, on social, you're only going to be posting and engaging. No more consuming. You're going to unfollow or mute everyone who's not either a listener or um, uh, what he calls a dream 100. So someone you want to land as a guest, like someone you want to mm. intentionally engage with for your mm-hmm. content. Everybody else, whether it's like your friends from high school or whatever, you're going to mute or unfollow. Um, Mm -hmm. In principle, I agree with this. However, 
like I said, I'm a very social person in my personal life too. So I do mm -hmm. have my personal account and my podcast account on Instagram, that is, um, mm -hmm. as well as Facebook. But um, I do still rely on social media to stay in touch with my friends. And so mm -hmm. I haven't been able to like completely unfollow and turn off. And um, now that with Instagram, I'm doing a lot more DMing with listeners, it feels like there's a lot more overlap in the energy I'm spending interacting with people. And it's starting to bleed over into, or I guess not bleed over, but um, I find that I have a finite reserve of social energy, let's call it, that I can mm -hmm. give to people. Yeah. And I find myself now having to uh, choose between do I give that energy to um, my relationship with my followers or with the people in my real life, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's like the crossroads I'm at now. Um, I, I like to think of most things as like not black and white and like not zero mm -hmm. sum. But I think in this case, it kind of does have to be that way. And maybe it's like a seasonal thing. Like maybe like this month, I'm super charged on growing my audience and engaging with them and maybe mm -hmm. like let go of my personal life a little bit, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so that's something I'm trying to figure out right now. Um, but in terms of, yeah, like being on my phone a lot, that's definitely also a struggle. Um, mm -hmm. I had uh, I had like a huge growth earlier this summer when I started curating reels and posting them. And a few of them popped off, like got over a million views. And so oh. um, the first day that happened, my phone was just like constantly on like my notifications were like overblown because like mm -hmm. Instagram caps it at like a hundred likes. So it was like that every time I refreshed my phone and mm -hmm. it was like really overwhelming. I remember actually getting a headache that day because I was like looking at my phone so much. Um, but I was like, oh my God, is it going to be like this forever? Have I made it? Um, mm -hmm. But of course that excitement died down after a couple months and now it's like back to the usual and I've lost some of those uh, vanity subscribers who just, you know, liked, like my page for the videos. Um, mm -hmm. and so now it's like back on the grind of like a regular content posting schedule and regular engagement. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would say like my biggest struggle is like the continually showing up consistently because I'll have mm -hmm. like spurts where I put in a lot and then yeah. I'll be like, I'm burnt out and I can't do it. So I don't have an answer to that necessarily, though I think in theory, a kind of content schedule and a regular schedule would um, would be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Having yeah, having some type of schedule, if that it seems like there's a lot of pros, you know, with that where you know that if it's not whether it's you know, every specific days that you're that you're, you know, doing that. And, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's what I'm doing right now with with um, I'm gonna do a video on this as well. Eventually, uh, I'll just kind of share it right now. But like looking at the things that you're that you do in your life that are not necessarily bringing direct value, mm -hmm. um, but but are important to have as a part of your you know, your total package of like things that you enjoy doing, for example. So like for me, let's say video games, right? Like I enjoy playing Super Smash Brothers online with people. I, I really love the competitive aspect of it. I love taunting a little bit. <laughs> I love taunting other characters and they're like, it's just funny to me. <laughs> um, but I know that 
that I can overdo it sometimes with that. So I'm like, okay, well, how do I get control over this? Right. Like, cause mm -hmm. that right, for, for a time that it would just be whenever I have like a little free time and I just feel like playing, I'll just go play rather than doing my taxes or working on this Excel sheet or doing this part of business or whatever the case is. So an easy way that I kind of got control over that is I told myself that for as long as I can, like I will never play a video game two days consecutively. Mm -hmm. So if I play at all today, then I won't play at all tomorrow, whether, and I can play as much as I want today, but obviously not overdoing, not like saying, all right, well today is my own day. So I'm gonna play all day. Not like that kind of thing. Right. But even if I play just for a few minutes, if I have like a little time, then that means that the next day, like I'm not playing at all. And that's been super helpful for me. So similarly, maybe social media, maybe there's a balance with that. Um, I haven't tried that with, with that yet, you know, a way to make it so that every other day I'm using it so that the days where I'm not, I'm just completely doing, I'm still content creating, I'm still making stuff, but I'm just not looking at, um, looking at social. And then I was going to say with regards to the personal. So right now I have, man, so I have Chordmaster, I have KMATS, those are my, like, you know, music stuff, and then my tutoring business. And then I have my personal account, K underscore AL. Mm. So I had all of these, as well as other accounts that I curate for Teenage Engineering, the music company that I mentioned, I curate two accounts over there as well. Wow. So it is a lot of stuff. Um, it's not too much of a level of effort for the curating stuff. It's more just resharing, you know, that type of thing. But I was thinking to myself, I'm like, dang, like when I post things on Chordmaster, sometimes I'll sh I'll go to my, you know, KL page and I'll share that to my story. And it was like, and, I, and if, if I have something that maybe is not music related, but I still want to share with people, I still think it's funny or interesting or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, let me share this on KL so my, you know, my friends, my friend group or whatever can see it. But I was saying to myself, like, what exactly is the value like we were talking about earlier we we're talking about like wearing different hats right like okay i can be a little bit more myself on kl and do silly stuff or joke around mm. court master people are here for music tutorials or music or whatever the case is yeah. but i i kind of had a realization for myself at least which was that i don't i don't necessarily like i want people to follow my court master stuff for music but if they see some of my other stuff that i'm doing that maybe is a little bit more joking or a little bit not professional like a, i share a meme or i share something that's just funny to me or whatever like i, di I didn't want to have to have a personal account to do that it was becoming like mm. it was becoming a thing where my personal account like i had to ask myself what kind of value is this bringing in my life i can certainly keep Cordmaster and i can share stuff on there periodically and so I ended up, long story short, ended up um, not deleting, but I guess, what is it, disabling my KL account. And I gave like a little, you know, post on there, mm. getting rid of this and, you know, very soon. So follow me over here or over here if you're interested in staying connected. Um, and I took off comments. I didn't want it vanity. I, I took, I didn't want, oh, where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, nope, just take a look if you're interested. Like, it's all good. And then also, like, to your point, when you, when I, the thing that your um, accelerator program coach mentioned, really resonate with me too, which is that realizing that there are people that are your friends and then there are people that are your acquaintances. And I was following all of those people on my personal account. And there's the, he or she, the person that is it a man or a woman? Uh, he. He. Mm -hmm. So he is doing, he, he has a, a really great point, I think, because like we are not equipped to like, to care, to like care about what everyone is doing you know what i'm saying like we're equipped to like mm. care about truly care about what only some people are doing who we really truly do care about and i had to really learn that because i kind of look at myself a little bit and i realize this and it's not necessarily a good maybe or bad thing but like 
I'm like a people pleaser kind of person. Like it makes me happy. It makes me feel good knowing that I did something or said something to make someone happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would feel naturally if, if like, if I'm scrolling and I'm like, man, I haven't thought of this person in a while, like, man, but I used to be friend closer with them or something like that. And I look, I'm like, man, they're getting engaged or this milestone is happening in their life. Mm. Part of me would feel like a little bit like, wow, why didn't I know this? Like we fell out of touch, but on the same token, like we just can't, we can't keep up with everyone. You know what I'm saying? So the idea of muting and the idea of, I mean, it might sound mean like, oh, you're unfollowing me. It's like, yeah, I am. Like it's, I I think it's, I think it's okay. Like we can't follow everyone, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to protect your energy because you only have so much to give, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I like That's that. I was going to ask about your personal brand and how you manage all of that, but it sounds like you found a solution, which is, you know, focus on the channels that you're, you're really focused on. That's right. Focus there. And now, now that I have a, a foundation, you know, like, like I mentioned, being just being myself like i think i I post i posted some weird stuff on my story like not weird like inappropriate just like random stuff like i was out i was feeling like i want to do something something i forget i forget what it was but i posted on my court master story and it was just like like i don't like i don't care like i'm just going to share this because it's just something that i just want to share kind of thing you mm-hmm. can check it out later i think it was a video of me upside down or something like my phone is upside <laughs> down i think i said something like how is my hat I was wearing a hat, but the video I flipped it, you know, that kind of like, how is it still on my head? Something dumb like that. Like no one's going to like, who cares about that? like, what is that? You know, but, but those are like the that, funny like, videos that like people get to know you through. Exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly right. And I want people that, that are following me to get to know me more than the person who not just, but the person who's on, solely focused on music and solely like there's other parts of my personality that I want to sort of bring to the forefront a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a journey. Um, what I've learned from my sister and talking to other content creators is that people come for the content and stay for the personality. So I mm. think the like ideal state is when, just like you were talking about with your job earlier, you know, when you can bring your full self to work, when you can bring your full self to your audience, is like that's the ideal state because then you don't have to mm-hmm. pretend to be somebody else, right? That's exactly right. That's it. and everyone's real or true self unfortunately i i think at least is not um is not necessarily the personality that is going to attract be attractive to other to everyone else if that makes sense right mm-hmm. like sometimes some unfortunate i mean sometimes people do need to change it around maybe but then on the same token like maybe not maybe you just be yourself and the people that there are people that i i imagine unless if you're just a complete a-hole then maybe you have to change it around or something but uh it's it's food for thought and it's definitely like an interesting you know it's an interesting journey and it's cool being able to talk to someone who you know is on the same wavelength but also kind of doing things similar and you know like i mentioned during our previous chat like i'm excited to kind of continue on with the um just seeing, continue seeing what you're doing and following what you're doing and, and sharing, you know, best practices and stuff. And the times that we've spoken in the, you know, brief times that we've had conversations when you mentioned about the accelerator program and just experiences that you've had, like you, you and not to mention, of course, the platforms and, and the stuff that you've mentioned, like in terms of what's making your life so much easier to for the editing and all that good stuff. But yeah, you've shared, you've shared a lot of great things with me, like um that that's, resonated with me that you know in terms of the content creation journey um so i just want to say i definitely appreciate that oh 
Well, thank you. And honestly, likewise, it's great to just have someone to bounce ideas with and and talk, you know, about this journey with. So I'm I'm sure this won't be the end. I'm sure we'll do this again. For sure. I'll be at your uh, at your conference that you have. There your, you go. Is that what, is that what it's going to be called? Conference, It'll be a right? retreat or, uh, conference. Retreat. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. More fun than a conference. Much, yeah. Conference <laughs> has too much. That's very true. Too much of a work field. Like we used to go to conferences that variety. I but know. Retreat with, is like, you wear your lanyard. and. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to, yeah, like I said, I don't want to just repeat what I just said. I was about to say, I look forward to following your journey. I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> um, but, you know, you definitely have an awesome rest of your day today. And, I, you know, I was about to say it again, look forward to staying in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll repeat that. I look forward there to staying go. in touch. This was awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Awesome. You're very welcome. And the good news is that my wife does have some quiche that's making in, that she's making in the oven right now. Ooh, I'm very excited about this. Oh, I can very almost excited. smell that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> go we'll go like enjoy. Thanks so much. All Have right. an awesome rest of your day, all right? Thank you. You too.